Big news, friends. Mega has a live show, which we will also live stream. It's going to be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles Saturday, March 16th, and it's a 4 p.m. matinee. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests, so get your tickets now by heading to our website, megathepodcast.com. And if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount. So join us live or virtually on March 16th and get your tickets now. You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, folks. Just a reminder, we have a Patreon. It's the main way we support the podcast, and it's only a few bucks a month. Only about 1 in 10 listeners give to the Patreon, but we think some of our best work is happening over there. So check it out, even if it's just for a month or two. Every shekel in the offering plate really makes a difference. Head to patreon.com slash megathepodcast. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church. Every week we give our mega church a tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff, sometimes people from our community. Oh, I do believe it is a treat, and it is a treasure. Well, every single week I'm joined by my esteemed co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Highs. Chumbo Wumbo, what's up, Hallie? Ah, so how are you, my brother? I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good. You know, I had a great weekend with my teens in Climax. Awesome. Um, you know, this weekend I preached about what it means to have a servant's heart. Awesome. Because I just think that's so important. And you know, what I did is I had a few of the public servants that, that actually 
you know, our members of the church come in and give testimony about really oh. what motivates them to serve. Yeah. Who did you get to come in and speak? Oh, well, let's see. I, well, I had um, I had Trace Adams, who's a fireman, and he talked about, you know, how he's pulling people from the literal fire, yeah. uh, So, and which is a great time to actually witness to people, which sure. is great. Uh, I had Josh Zizzle, and he's a social worker. He basically came in and he talked about, you know, how God's using him to work with the poor, but also get them thinking about how they can stop taking handouts and start really helping themselves. That's good. And I had, who else did I? Oh, I had Caleb Shoup. Cool. And this was cool, Hallie. He is like on the kind of special forces SWAT team of, oh. of ICE, Ooh. Uh, which if, if you don't know it, that's Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And uh, he said his favorite part of that is literally welcoming the stranger into the country, uh-huh. you know, as long as they've got the right paperwork. Yeah. That is so It really cool. is. You know, then the funniest thing happened, Hallie, because, you know, yesterday I was pulling up to Topolobampo. Uh, have you been to Topolobampo? What's that? Oh, it's this really good Mexican place, Hallie. Um, Topolobampo? Oh, I think I've driven by there. Yeah, it's over in Castleton. It's really good. Anyway, I was driving by Topolobampo, and, uh, you know, it's this place that, I'm, that I go get takeout all the time, and I see about 50... ICE police officers all around. They've got these three guys zip tied down on the ground. Whoa! And as I'm pulling up, it's just crazy. I'm walk. I'm you know I'm driving by, and there's Caleb Shoop, and he's just going ham on a bean burrito, and he's he's laughing <laughs> and he's good. waving at me. I know, and I rolled down my window. I said, "What in the world is going on here?" Shoop shoop. And he uh, he basically said, Hallie, that the entire staff of that place were just, you know, just crawling with illegal aliens. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so they all got deported. And, uh, and I'm he... like, hey, you know, it was good carnitas there. But uh, Caleb said, you know, just stick to Chipotle. They, uh, they, they require a proof of citizenship. Isn't that neat? I know. So anyway, Topola Bumpo, Topola Bummer. R.I.P. Hasta la vista. That's right. Topolobombo. Hey, how, how was your week? I have had a few people write into the pod and say, hey, are you going to talk about Beth Moore? And I feel like now it's a little dated, but we record weeks ahead. So I wanted to, do you know who that is? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't like to really think about it now, but. She's big, you know, preacher, teacher out in uh, Houston, and she's made millions of dollars. She's very successful, but she was in the news recently because she kind of walked away from, she was part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, I know. And she, like, walked out on it, and I honestly, I just want to say, I don't know why she turned on the Southern Baptist Convention now. I mean, honestly, they have been very upfront about that misogynistic stuff all along. Right. I mean, and not you know, not all misogyny is bad, Hallie. That's right. Some of it's necessary. See, and um, and she's mad about Trump now, and it's like, well, you had four years if you were worried about locker room talk. Right. I mean, why now? But she says she's not a Southern Baptist anymore after years and years and making millions and millions. And I mean, there's been good reporting for a while now about the Southern Baptist Convention's roots in the old slaveholding tradition, but she decided now that enough is enough, and she left the denomination. And I have honestly a hunch, Gray, that it was the fellas who ran her out of the Southern Baptist, and they let her say she was resigning, you know, to save face. But they really kicked her out because they were very vocal about uh-huh. not, not liking that she was preaching to men. Right. I mean, they think that a woman can talk about the Bible to women, but, you know, a woman really has no place telling men about the good news. Well, totally. Because, you know, they want to hear it from somebody with a Y chromosome, a Y chromosome holder, and a Frankenbean packer. But Beth Moore says she still believes in the inerrancy of the Bible. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, here's where you just got to ask her to use logic, you know, because the Bible, guess what? 
as pro-slavery and anti-woman. And as Christians, that's just one of the things we got to live with, you know? I mean, we focus on all the lovely Psalms and all the great teachings of Jesus in the New Testament and the way God provided a ram and all that stuff. And you just cannot allow yourself to get overwhelmed by the troublesome stuff. You know what I mean? Right, totally. I mean, I'm sure the German people weren't crazy about everything in Mein Kampf, but there was, you know, there was stuff in there about geography and philosophy. Okay. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, Things feel antithetic, feel anti contradictory. Right. You know, like when people say cops are bad just because they kill black people with no consequences. Well, that doesn't mean all cops are bad. I've said it before. There are awesome cops. And, you know, you might say to me, okay, yeah, what if you were working at a startup in Silicon Valley that occasionally, you know, pretty regularly hunted and killed black people with no accountability? Would you keep working for that startup as a good person? And I say, that's ridiculous. People at startups only have hoodies and Priuses. They aren't militarized. And, you know, when you outfit your employees with weapons, they're occasionally going to go off. These aren't contradictions. This is logic. Right. The only thing they do at startups these days that I've heard is that they censor Christians. Exactly. Well, maybe I should tell my friend Caleb Shoup that we need a little Beth less instead of Beth more and have it deported. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis, and at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like Jesus spoke on behalf of the Father, our guest today speaks on behalf of William Shakespeare. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Ando Carney. Hey, Nani, Nani, it is good to be here with you guys. Hey, Ando. Oh, wow. wow. What is that? Wow, what, wow. what is this outfit you're wearing? I've, I've never quite really seen, uh, yeah, you look I guess, cool. this, yeah, kind of a pirate. Like, what, what is this stuff? Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, if I am, <laughs> you know, uh stealing the booty of souls away from Satan than I am a pirate, you could say. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, what you're looking at is a ruff over a ribaldo with a wonderful doublet with these fencer's sleeves here. 
and I have these uh, pantaloons, uh, sometimes called pumpkin pants, by, okay. by those who don't appreciate them as much, and hose okay. uh, on, on my legs, and then just some uh, comfortable flats. Amazing. Oh, I so mean, cool. I wish people could see you because you really look, I mean, I, yeah, you really look cool. But yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, do you, does it feel weird to have hosiery on over a hairy leg? Because I always feel like I got to shave before I put on a pantyhose. Yeah. In the days before I learned how to shave, yes, it was very uncomfortable. So now it's one of those things where you, you, you take one step down that path, you have to keep going because. If I don't keep up on it, then it's like uh, Velcro down there oh, trying to yeah. <laughs> try to take them off. Yeah. Uh, so, so Ando, uh, we just, you know, we uh, we saw your pamphlet that you've been putting up everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's just really interesting. We we wanted because you know I don't know anything about Shakespeare because I've always been like, okay, it's a bit boring. Not really sure what these guys mm-hmm. are saying, mm-hmm. and you've come up with this idea to really get people into Jesus and Christ specifically through Shakespeare. And I just think that is, that is really fantastic. How how are you doing that? Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, gosh, you know, every generation has something new that they're interested in from the printed word to radio, to TV, to VHS, to the DVDs, you know, it, it all changes. But the one constant I am not ashamed to say has been the bard. No matter what the medium is, God, he's just so popular, and it is just such a great way to connect with the youth. Really? And it is, you know, there is there is you know a pretty direct link. Uh, if if you look at it historically, William's fingerprints on the King James Bible. So it's pretty fun. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he helped translate the original English Bible. Yep, it's such an Easter egg. Uh, pardon the pun, uh, but if you turn to Psalm 46 in the King James Bible, okay. and if you count exactly 46 words into that psalm, okay. you find the word shake. Oh, And okay. if you count 46 words back from the end of that psalm, you will find the word spear. Oh, oh, really? And the creation of the King James Bible began in the year 1610, the year in which Shakespeare would have been 46 years old. Oh. And I feel like that's just something you can't ignore. I love, you know, I love that Bible code stuff. I mm-hmm. love the Da Vinci code. I love any of that secret stuff in the Bible because I'm always like, okay, we're not only like reading this, you know, for, for our life and stuff, but we're also going, what's all the secret messages and stuff in here? I think that's awesome. And I also think that there's some stuff that could, you know, really tell us about our politics and things today. But I think that, you know, that's really cool. I guess I never really thought of Shakespeare as being like, I don't know, cool at all. How'd you get started? I started way, I was in the, the, the Western Colorado Shakespeare Festival. That was my first gig, you know, carrying, carrying, carrying a spear. I was shaking a spear. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. And then there, was this, then, there was, then there was, gosh, the Southeastern Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it wasn't super, uh, you know, they, they, they shut down uh, halfway through the season. Then there was the, the East by Northeast Idaho Shakespeare Festival. But that was, problem, the problem with that one, uh, it, was a, it was in Elk Bend, Idaho, which is on the edge of the Frank Church, Frank Church Wilderness Area, and I was thinking church, wonderful. Uh, but it was the Frank Church Wilderness Area, which is which is the the largest um, roadless area in the United States, in the continental United States. So, boy, it was tough uh, to get people out of the RV park to come uh, see shows. But then, uh, you know, after that, I, I, I got a bit farther east at the Lafayette County Seat Repertory Theater in Missouri, Western Missouri, which. Um, Again, uh, uh, the interest wasn't there, but the passion was there. And then, uh, boy, then I went back out west at the Rancho Cucamonga Day Players Ensemble. You know, I've never heard of any of those, but now you're doing, um, now you're doing it here. Mm-hmm. And are you, have you found sort of a company here? Are you, are you, are you doing your own thing? Well, a, a little, a little bit of both. I'm founding what I like to call the Indiana Shakespeare Festival. Oh, I, that's I, awesome. I, 
right? You know, I've spent all those time working for other people and uh, following the orders of artistic directors and directors and costume designers and people saying, you got to wear this. You got to say it like that. You actually have to kiss the other person on stage or uh, don't play Shylock so monstrously and without empathy. How do you do Shakespeare but bring Christ into it? Because, like, are you changing the words around or something? Or are you just saying, like, because, like, I can't even think of a play. Like, I'm trying to think of a Shakespeare play that I've heard of. Um, okay, like, what's a common Shakespeare play? Um, like, at your Merchant of Venice, uh, Measure from Measure. Oh, no, I never heard of that. Measure from no, Measure is a, is a direct Bible quote. Um, right. Got... That's, a com- that's a common one? Mm, boy, that's a good okay. point. It's not. Uh, okay. I've never heard of that one. And no. that could be where I'm going wrong in some of the places where I try to put shows up. Maybe people don't want to see Measure from Measure. Any others? Um, Sun Also Rises, oh, Catcher yeah. in the Rye. Okay, no, not heard of Ca- that. Yeah, see, uh. those, those, those tend to be um, American uh, novels, oh. which... Uh, people tend to, to, to read in, in book form. And really, oh. the wonderful thing about Shakespeare is that you got to put them up. you gotta, you got to hear them out loud, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah, any others? I'm trying to think. How about, uh, like, your, your Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. That, you yeah, heard that yeah, one? Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah, we've yeah. got that in Australia, no. No, no. Um, how about okay. um, you got your uh, you got your Hamlets? Ooh, Hamlet. Oh, yeah. like The Breakfast Place. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, I, th- I think I think they drew inspiration from that. Absolutely, I mean it does. It makes it makes all the sense in the world. Um, you've got your Julius Caesars. Oh sure. Oh, right. Well, I mean I know that from the Bible. Render unto Caesar. So there we are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that play uh-huh. doesn't. It doesn't get. It doesn't. You know, I feel like it's a big kind of plot hole where they don't really talk about uh, Christ. Uh, in, in oh, that Jesus play. isn't in it. No, he's not in it. He's not in oh, it. Oh, what a bummer! That what yeah. a missed opportunity. I think so. Well, you mentioned, just to go back right quick, you mentioned having to kiss on stage, mm-hmm. like a stage kiss. Oof, oof. Um, now, are those real kisses? Are you touching? Do you slide your hand in there so that you're actually kissing the back of your fingers and the other person has your palm on their mouth? Or uh, Because the reason I ask is because isn't it also a thing in Shakespeare where you don't have gals playing the gal parts? You have guys playing the gal parts? Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like it was just a little bit easier to do that when guys were playing the gal parts and mm. it you it's just you know pc culture gone gone wild uh-huh. where you know they they're like look we need representation uh you know if there's a, if the woman is written as a woman we should be played by a woman i'm like well maybe oh that's weird not to brag on myself but i did play romeo um oh, wow yeah and uh at, at one point and uh i really just tried to turn the back of my head like turn the back of my head so it's facing the audience and uh-huh. uh 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 and uh the um justine the the other actor who was with me she tried to put her lips right up to me and i just tried away from the audience view just trying to push her push her away and just kind of shake my mm. head around a little bit like 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 something was actually happening that does look like you're smooching yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so juliet says to 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 Romeo, good pilgrim, you do wrong your hands too much, which mannerly devotion shows in this, for saints have hands that pilgrim's hands do touch, and palm to palm is holy palmer's kiss. So her character is trying to say, let's not really kiss, let's just touch hands. Oh. And I start saying about prayer and prayer books and uh, lips that are used in prayer, I just wanted to be praying. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. so, and she's like, no, I think we're supposed to be kissing. So we got into this real kind of like liturgical the argument about it. I'm like, no, let's let's just start praying at each other. Like just like praying at each other. And she's like, no, I think we should be kissing. And so I had to, you know, kind of meet her halfway and shake my head with my back of my head to the audience. It's pretty frustrating, I think, for for all involved. But it's really impressive head acting. Mm-hmm. 
And it's going to be so much easier if it's just guys playing the guys and the guys playing the ladies because then you're not going to have any of that crazy temptation or any of that stuff. You're just going, hey, we're acting. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you don't have the fear. You don't run the risk of somebody getting excited. Well, right. Nothing's going to happen then. You know, it's you know, it's just a, it's just a play. It's just theater. Nothing like that happens in the theater. Yeah, and and. That actress sounds like she was a real hornbag. She probably was trying to get you to stumble in the flesh. Well, it was pretty frustrating. She told me before uh, one of the rehearsals, before we really understood each other, she said, uh, I won't be offended if you get excited, but I might be offended oh, if you really? don't. And I, oh. what am I going to wow. do with that? You know, it's just yeah. a, lot of, right. a lot of pressure. It's temptation and sin. It, it's it's right. just sin. It's the sinful nature, uh, plain and simple. It's just mm-hmm. amazing uh, that you've been able to make your living doing Shakespeare, because I didn't even think that was possible. Mm. I think it probably is possible. I think there's a world out there where somebody could make a living at Shakespeare. I mean, yeah. like So you've, you've not really made any money doing it, so you're thinking mm-hmm. maybe, you know, if you can get you know, youth in, in excited about Shakespeare, you know, there might be a financial opportunity there to get the sure. youth. Like, right. And, and, a, and a lot of parents want their kids to learn about it. I'm happy to teach. Get the kids up and moving, try to convince them that it was worth uh, their time. Uh, sometimes it really worked. And uh, um, we had this real fun exercise. We worked with it with a concept called antithesis, okay. where you're talking about opposites, okay. antithetical ideas. And so I get all the kids in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a workshop, right? Get them all to kind of line up facing one part of the room. I said, I'm going to read you this speech. And when I say uh, something positive, you're going to take a step forward. If, I hear something, if you hear something negative, take a step backwards, right? So if I said, um, uh, reading from Juliet's speech, I say, oh, serpent heart. And I would just go one word at a time. They hear serpent. Some kids go forward. Some kids go back. Mm-hmm. I say heart. They all step forward. I say hid with a flowering face and flowering. They all step forward. I said, did ever dragon keep so fair a cave? And so dragon, they all back up or some of them will step forward. But then fair and cave and backwards. Beautiful tyrant, fiend angelical, dove feathered raven, wolfish ravening lamb. And sometimes they'd be like, okay, tyrant, beautiful. But then like they, you know, they, they, Dove, Feathered Raven, sometimes they didn't know what these words meant, which, you know, I get it. Um, but the whole thing is just a bunch of antithesis. You're going forward and backward and whatnot. You got them b- p- practically playing red light, green light in the gym, sounds like. You got them running suicides. Speaking of suicides, why is everybody killing themselves in Shakespeare when that really is a problem? Because teens love it. It's just hormones. You know, you get over it. Um, Ando, um, I got to ask, you know, couldn't you just say, okay, we got the Capulets and we got the Manchegos and stuff, but hey, if you tell J- Romeo and Juliet about the transformative power of Jesus Christ, maybe the two of them won't want to drink poison and stab themselves, but they would like to maintain their sexual purity, number mm-hmm. one, really? and get to a good, exciting youth group that has compelling messages. You know what I mean? Right. Couldn't you write that in? G- exactly. Like, why couldn't Mercutio come in there and say, like, hey, we're going to do we're gonna do a lock-in, right. you know, and I'm just going <laughs> to hang out together in a, in a chapel and... You know, and they spent, and I tell you what, they sp- and I would argue and argue and argue. I said these two kids have spent all this time in church. You know, Friar Lawrence is like consecrating stuff, and Romeo is always talking to this to this priest, and and they 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 just spend so much time in there, and they wake up, they wake up in a holy place in that that uh, uh, what do you call it, a mausoleum where people wake up when they're dead, where they're. Uh, uh, they come out of their coffins at the end. A nursing home, sepulcher, oh, a sepulcher. There we are. Um, and I'm like, that's that's Sounds a that's a place uh, with religious significance yeah. in a cemetery. So yeah, why wouldn't they maybe think like I'm this close uh, to to the kingdom of heaven yeah. right now? Uh, I could do good works on earth. 
with not just kill myself. And maybe this is why God um, placed Shakespeare on your heart and made you so passionate about it is because the more you get to know it, you could just be like, you know what? Instead of um, Hamlet letting this girl in all the like heavy fabrics and gowns drown in the river, he needs to go pull her up out of there, get down on a knee and, um, you know, propose to her and they can start a godly marriage. Right. Or or she could have taken his advice and gotten to a nunnery and devoted herself See, to the Lord as well. What totally. would be what would be better than being married to Jesus? <laughs> right? What's that honeymoon like? Awesome. <laughs> Are you married? Am I married? Uh no, I'm not. I'm I am not. I have uh, I've had several engagements uh and it's always the same, you know, it's the same old story. Boy meets girl, girl meets boy. They fall in love. The boy starts revealing what he's actually like and the girl's like please leave me alone and oh, right. uh, lose my number or mm, you know stop mm-hmm. leaving voicemails mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh and you know and i try to take try to take my cues from 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 the bard and uh they're like please get away from my window or i'm calling the police and i'm like well, this worked for romeo or uh you know uh what if i steal you away from your father and she's like this is a merchant of venice it's that's kidnapping i'm like but you know it's love and but it didn't it just for whatever reason, for whatever reasons, it just doesn't work out, you know. It seems like you've really lived your life by some of these rules of Shakespeare and that they've kind of maybe bled into to how you've, you know, when you're, maybe you're kind of one of those actors that can't really separate, you know, the time you're on stage and mm. the time you're off stage. Sure. I I know sometimes I'd get done with, uh, like, you know, in those early days playing ensemble stuff where I'm just like a soldier, like in Troilus and Cressida, and I get off stage i'm like i really want to beat up some trojans you know like, get get me some trojans and uh they'd be like what are you talking about i was like yeah well i want a trojan and they hand me, then they'd hand me prophylactics and i get so so offended and they'd laugh oh, so hard no. at me oh, no. um and i'm like i'm just trying to be an artist you guys mm-hmm. and uh yeah um but yes you're right sometimes it's hard to leave it on the stage yeah right. uh sometimes you carry it with you you know it's time to, sometimes it's hard to leave service at the church you know you come <laughs> home on a sunday and you're like it's, it's tough to, to leave that there totally now why did shakespeare always write about such dark stuff he's got this guy sleeping with his own mom and gouging out his eyes and then we have to read really? about it in school and everything mm-hmm. i mean why is he so dark did he not know the lord um, i see i think he really did and hallie i'm trying to, I'm not sure about that that fella uh, who gouged out his eyes and slept with his mom. I think that might have been a Greek fella. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Greek fella writing about a Northern African fella. Oh, cool. Right? Yeah. So, like the Oedipus yeah. and uh, I think, oh, I, yeah. I think that might have been been that. Yep. But, you yep. know, I I digress. I mean, it's kind of like Shakespeare did have some dark stuff too. A lot of people, uh, uh, a lot of people killing themselves and each other's. Uh, and there was a lot of hell talk. Think about uh, your twelfth night, and Malvolio is uh, getting a trick pulled on him by ugh, ugh, by this character Toby Belch who just drinks and and and, and says mean things. Oh no! Uh, and he's in prison, and he said this place is as cold as hell. And I thought, what the heck? Huh. What you know? And I apologize for 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 the verbiage there, but that was that was what was in there. And I thought, yeah. when since when is hell cold? And uh, I realized that there's a lot of different, uh, um. Descriptions of hell, oh, wow. which was pretty frustrating to hear because I thought there was just like it was pretty cut and dry. You go where, where the burning is, but he said that, and then, uh, well, gosh, then you take it back to uh, the the Julius Caesar's. The final level of hell is like uh, Brutus and um, the other fella and Judas getting chewed up by Satan at the very bottom of the rings of hell, Whoa. and it's all cold because he's 
beating his wings and everybody's so cold. And I thought, okay, maybe hell is cold. Maybe it's just maybe it's just whatever's uncomfortable to you. Like I'm a warm weather person, so maybe my hell is cold. Or like if I'm from Alaska, that person's hell is really hot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you came to Indiana, which is, you know, pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I find it perfectly temperate. And the beaches. Yeah. Have you been up? Have you been up to the to to, to the dunes? Oh, to the you dunes. gotta go to the you dunes. Gotta go you to the gotta dunes. go to the, the dunes. The dunes are the best. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was the there. I, I tried to put on an. I was at the beach, and there's all many people there on a Memorial Day weekend, and uh, 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 it's like Mount Mount Baldy's right there, and I'm like, um, you know what? This would be a perfect time to just kind of impromptu do some Shakespeare for people who don't know that it's coming, and uh, and just kind of like looking at them and reciting Shakespeare, and boy, I think they really thought it was fun. And then one of those one of those sinkholes opened up and i oh, was no. yeah i was i was i was down there for about 12 hours um before they were able to to get me out is that where you came up with the idea for the indiana shakespeare festival that's right i was down there and i said if, if i can get out of here i will devote all of my performances and a portion of the proceeds to god and christ and to uh, and i feel like my prayers were answered as a hand came down there and i thought is this Jesus himself pulling me out of here. And it was actually a very stout woman named Gretchen uh, who worked for the Parks Services. And she got me out of there and I was thanking her and she was mostly swearing at me. But I think, you know, we were both grateful that, uh, you know, that that I had been saved. And I thought, oh, my mission is, is going to be fulfilled. And she's like, I have to fill out all this GD paperwork. And I was like, you don't have to yell. And she's like, I, I put my life at risk. And I, you know, we, we kind of got into it again. I don't have many conversations with women that don't end in arguments. I feel like I'm, I'm seeing that uh, now that I tell you all these stories. Really? Well, they're probably, it's because women have these hormones well, and it makes ugh. them moody. They're probably menstruating. But I'll tell you what, Ando, mm-hmm. it's like you were Noah in the belly of the whale down there in that sand trap. And uh, that sinkhole belched you out the same way that the, the great fish belched Noah right onto the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt, I felt exactly like that. Felt exactly like that. And I mean, it's probably intimidating, Hallie, these women, you know, like this guy's clearly, he's got some brains and yep. he knows all the Shakespeare stuff. Yep. And when, you know, the, the, they say the most dangerous thing to a woman is a smart man. That's and that true. Is, you know, and I think a lot of times that's really intimidating. Yeah. So I under, I totally understand because I go through that when I'm dating uh, ladies too. Yeah. Well, they, you know, and they say, they say the thing that a man fears the most is that a woman is going to laugh at him. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. And that what a woman fears most mm is that a man is going to know more sports statistics than she will. Oh, yep, yeah. it happens every day. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before, but my friend uh, Clay Mason, Clay Mason Bannerman. Bannerman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you listen. Okay, great. Oh, no, he's, yeah, been, to, um, you know, he's been to some of the some of the shows. He's, uh, um, you know. Oh, anyway. really? Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, yeah, because cool. that makes so much sense because, you know, the other day, Hallie, he came home and he was like, you know, I really love Shakespeare. Oh. And I'm going, okay, really, don't really understand. But I did kind of, I thought maybe for his birthday, I could do something nice for him and maybe I could learn a bit of Shakespeare to mm. like, you know, to, as like a, a fun gift that you would like give to your friend or something. And I'm wondering, Ando, if there's like, a bit of a line of Shakespeare that I might be able to say to, you know, Clay when I give him his birthday present or something like that. Is there anything that, like, I could maybe, you know, just pull out so that I could be like, hey, you know, I know some Shakespeare. Oh, great. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so I mentioned it earlier. There's this play called The Merchant of Venice where an evil Jew uh, tries to get one over. And, uh, you know, TLDR, he becomes a Christian at the end, which is such a, you know, I can't, you know, it should. I, I am so shocked when there's not a standing ovation at that point. Anyways, yeah. um, 
there's a trial at the end, and there's these two characters. There's Antonio, this the the titular merchant of Venice, and his best friend, who's kind of younger and depends on him for money a lot of times and for for clothes and uh, advice all the time. They're real close. They spend all their time together. It's kind of like oh, a wow, ward. It's kind of similar. Yeah. 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 And so uh, uh, Bassanio is saying to Antonio, who might, you know, if things go wrong, might die by giving up a pound of his flesh to the, to the Jew Shylock. And uh, Bassanio says to him, Antonio, I am married to a wife which is as dear to me as life itself. But life itself, my wife, and all the world are not with me esteemed above thy life. I would lose all I, sacrifice them all here to this devil to deliver you. And I thought that was kind of a sweet sentiment. Oh, that there. is, yeah, that is nice. I mean, it's just so. I mean, I guess, yeah, Clay. You know, he's not married anymore because he, um, yeah, he, you know, uh, he he lost his wife kind of to an open marriage. But um, yeah, that that's great. Maybe I will use that. That's cool. That's <laughs> cool. Now, Ando. I understand that it's English and that, you know, Shakespeare is supposed to be smarty pants. And I just wonder why is he, you know, using all these English words and all these wrong orders that's making it so hard to understand? Well, it's, I, I am with you a thousand percent, Hallie. But and here's here's the thing. They say that that's kind of how people talk back then. And I'm like, well, why? But then you hear it, it's kind of flowery. I'm like, well, then I'm it makes it a little bit more fun. It's kind of like a playground. And and I have heard it said that, you know, rap music is often similar or like that's the Shakespeare of now. And I don't know how much I believe that, but I will bring that up and say like, hey, you know, you kids, you have your deaf words. So rap is like the modern day Shakespeare? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I have tried to get that one over. I don't think I've seen stiller faces on, on children before. You try to kind of do a rap, like a Shakespeare yeah. rap or something? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Like I'd say, I'd say like, <clears throat> come on, kids. This ain't so hard. Check out Ando rapping with the bard. He's got lines and English too. And I'm going to do a couple verses for you. <laughs> well, don't call Ando an amateur because I speak in dynamic pentameter. But then I have to like, you know, awesome. you know, so I'm, I'm saying pentameter wrong. And yeah, I can see. I can see why they would hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you what, if Shakespeare could see what rap is talking about today, he would roll over in his grave if he heard the things they're talking about with money and lust and passion and nudity and sexuality and mm -hmm. murdering each violence. other and all this new stuff with homosexuality and violence and, and sleeping outside of marriage and oh. politics. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare wouldn't even know what had hit him right it's a totally different world totally different uh, uh frame of reference you know it's <laughs> and thank you for pointing that out you know it's a, it's, it's a struggle but speaking of you you say you were using a word that i wanted to ask you about because it's not a word in my personal vocabulary antithetical mm -hmm. anti antithetical am i using that right yeah anti uh and you know the root words being anti meaning against and thetical coming up with the idea of thesis or an idea or, or okay. the point of, of your idea so okay. so an antithesis is the the antithesis so it's a different idea not always the opposite but different so how do you so give me the argument that i'm supposed to give to people when they say something doesn't make sense like if god is all powerful and if god is all loving then that little girl shouldn't get gang raped and murdered at the age of nine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not antithetical you say what uh you, you say uh you say just because it's antithetical doesn't mean it's contradictory okay oh. 
Okay. Right? So you can say, like, it's still, it's still, even though it's crazy, it's still God's plan, and that there is a point to what he's doing. Just because it seems confusing doesn't mean that there's not an answer. Okay, so if somebody says to me, then why does an all-loving God who created uh, human beings also create a very real hell where they will be eternally tormented if they don't spend their life worshiping him? I say, it's not contradictory. Like that? Yeah, yeah, not contradictory. It's, 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 uh, uh, one person's hell is another person's opportunity. You know, the, yeah. their, their suffering is a lesson to us so that we can live better, right? That's, and that's antithetical, but it's not contradictory. <laughs> Point set and match. Where are you living right now? Hmm. Uh, a lot of places. Um, uh, you know, whatever parking lot will have us. Um, us meeting me in my, in my car. Um, my car that I've named Falstaff. Because, uh, you know, it, it drinks a lot. What's your dream role? Oh, I'd, I'd sure love to do a King Lear. Um, because I feel, but but at the same time, I would I know it'd be such a such an argument because he because he's supposed to be naked uh, on, a, on a blistering heath, you know, and people get, you know going going crazy, and I'd love to go kind of crazy and you know yell a lot. Yeah, as a Christian, what do you do about nudity? You know, it's a sin. I mean, our own nakedness is a sin, mm-hmm. and so how do you how how do you do that as an actor to say I can't I can't do the sin of nakedness? Yeah, well, sometimes sometimes you go up to that costume designer and you yell at her a lot. Um, okay. you know, yeah, it's usually, I mean, and, gosh, boy, it's, I'm just seeing a pattern that it's usually a her that I'm yelling at. I, <laughs> that's just a mystery. And I just had a thought next time you're arguing with a gal who's trying to outfit you, maybe if you got to be nude, you could get a skin tight suit that they draw to have all your same pubis detail and everything. And you could be wearing a skin tight suit huh. that is, um, uh, uh, drawn on all your parts and everything. So it's a naked suit so that you're not naked, but you look naked in your naked suit. That sounds like so much fun. I think it's a great idea, Hallie. What happens if you ever just go okay, my mind's totally blank. I can't think of the words that like Shakespeare wrote and I'm like up on stage and I can't even think of like what to say. What do you do then? Gosh. Uh, oh, like say if I was on stage with you two right now and, and, and all of a sudden I, I lose my train of thought, I would say, oh, uh, <clears throat> or yon mountain thus shines the sun bringing the yonder day and I bid thee farewell, my good companion, Gray. You of large muscles and oiled up skin uh this may be an ending but it also shall begin and thou wondrous hallie played here by a boy hopefully has given this audience uh, some tears and some joy and uh and may our goodwill toward each other and anger not last and thus have we enjoyed ourselves on this mega podcast or something i think you gave gray a raging bard on Ando Carney was played by Andy Carey. He is a treasure. Check him out on Barry on HBO and follow him at Mr. Andy Carey. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>